for now we've got um coin landing page by the way is uh, a fairly new recruit to, to neutron he's going to help us co-host today to so make sure the, the space doesn't die um who are we looking for now i think we're still missing two or three more brian uh just the alpha growth account we have some things that we can post up to the top of the the nest on on things that we're talking about so we've got some posts okay. coming up and then uh, cool. yeah we're good to go Okay, I, I did send the Alpha Growth account uh, a requ- a, uh, an invite. Let me just send another one again. I've already put up the uh, the two grants committee uh, and your proposal uh, posts. Red, we're going to have some fun today. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, I've been looking forward to it, to be honest with you. Um, you've, uh, you've been on quite a few uh, interesting spaces lately, so uh, this should be another one, I think. Yeah, let's let's avoid that talk. Maybe, maybe let's avoid that talk. So Where do you get your info? It, what's your what's your mole? <laughs> Where do I get my info yeah. about what? Well, I'm not, I'm not really using my source. <laughs> Come on. Where, where did you get your hat? Is where he's where he's saying? I think. <laughs> no, dude. I, I've uh, I've been in the space for a long time, and um, you know, so I so so. I mean, I, I think that's uh, off topic, but we, maybe we can save that to the end. And it does it does affect Neutron slightly when we talk start to talk about token stuff. But I, I think we should wait wait for that until later in the conversation. Um, if you want, I I'm ready. I do. Yeah, cool. So, um, so yeah, we, we've got the Alpha Growth account up here now. We also have uh, you and Joe. Um, is that it? For, is that it joining us today? Yeah, on the speaker side, yeah. Joe's a co-founder of Alpha Growth. Um, I'm Brian Culligan, a founder of Alpha Growth. And uh, thank you guys so much for having us up here. I, I think, you know, we can we can talk a lot about what we've done and what I've done and our backgrounds for a long time, been in crypto since 2013, done a lot of stuff. But what's most important today is really kind of understanding what we think and how we can help uh, Neutron, right? So we've been doing this growth stuff and, and doing growth marketing. Uh, before growth marketing, I was doing growth hacking and Web2 startups in, in Silicon Valley. Uh, we've done growth for uh, Near. We've done growth for Aurora. Um, but what, what, what I think where we can really help is, is really understanding what we've seen and what we've learned um, over the last two years of helping run ecosystems and grow ecosystems is that above all, uh, champion dApps and killer apps to, to join ecosystems are the things that really move the needle. And so, Joe, if you want to talk about champion dApps. Brian, I could talk about champion dApps all day long. Well, um, well just before you do get going, Joe, uh, I just do need to do the uh, little intro, if that's okay. But I think I think Brian set like a nice agenda for the space there. Um, so just before we get into it, I need to remind everybody that NTRN is, uh, not, is not registered as a security in the U.S. and therefore not available in the U.S. or to U.S. citizens. 
and nothing new here today will be uh, or should be considered financial advice uh, and it's for education purposes only. Um, so, of course, as always, uh, our general manager of Spade is, is with us uh, and we're joined, as, as Brian was saying here, uh, by Brian and Joe from Alpha Growth. Uh, so, yeah, if, um, if uh, you wouldn't mind just sort of continuing where I uh, rudely interrupted you there, please, Joe. No, not a worry at all. I uh, I appreciate the disclaimer, and uh, yeah, absolutely. So, essentially, you know, I know this these um this analogy I'm going to use might might only resonate with with folks that are familiar with you know the state of California and and maybe the U.S. But there's these two amusement parks you got. You have Knott's Berry Farm and you have Disneyland. And most people that you ask would rather go to Disneyland. And it's not because Disneyland has better roller coasters or better food or, you know, safer rides, but it's because Disneyland has Star Wars land and Space Mountain and all of these really, really cool champion rides that kind of tell a good story and it gets people excited. So you go to Disneyland for these really, really cool rides and you stay because it's got everything else, right? So that's kind of the same thesis that we have with an ecosystem. Every three months, you've got to have a new reason for people to get really excited about coming to your chain. And that's, that's essentially the, the champion app narrative. Okay, interesting. And uh, obviously no implications about Mickey Mouse and other Grant styles or anything like that, right? Uh, we could get into that, but, but yeah, not, uh, you don't want to be Mickey Mouse, but you do want to have, you do want to have champion dabs. Cool. And so the reason why you want champion dapps is because there's a story, right? And the story and the narrative and people tell each other stories and narratives and stories and narratives bring people and, and people move numbers. And that's kind of like at the end of the day, what you want with an ecosystem, you want dapps to come on board. You want things that move numbers. And so when you get into it, it's like after working with multiple ecosystems, Sometimes ecosystems come to us and they say, hey, we have a set of KPIs we want you to move. Please move this for us. And we put something up in the nest called uh, KPIs. And if you're looking to understand kind of what KPIs that, that are important, the, then you know, we, can, we can tell you, right? So sometimes it's users, user wallets. Sometimes it's trading volume, number of transactions on the chain, TVL, number of dApps. Like for Kava, we, we, our, our mission was to bring 100 DeFi dApps to, to the Kava ecosystem. But most importantly, Above all, it's about the fees that are generated. How will the chain generate fees? And will the chain generate more fees than it costs to run the chain, right? So, I mean, that's the question that's going on right now within the Cosmos ecosystem is, will ICS work? Will Neutron generate enough fees to, to make the hub happy and continue to see ICS win? And so um, embedded in that, like you have to get users, you have to have trading volume, you have to have TVL. But at the end of the day, it's really about fees. So it's a journey to figure out which dApps, which champion dApps are going to move the most fees. So on top of that, you basically, once you have the fees generating, it's how do you incentivize the, the Neutron token, right? How do you get people to, to buy into this ecosystem? If, if, you do, if you have champion dApps and you have things to do on your chain, and there's about 30... 32 different DeFi categories that we're tracking now from DEXs to liquid staking and everywhere in between. And essentially having Neutron embedded in all of those DeFi categories adds optionality and utility for the Neutron token. So 
when we look at those champion dApps, they bring the people. Then you have to have a large liquidity base layer in terms of things to do once people stay and then apply Neutron token to all of those things. So being able to lend it, be able to go long, be able to leverage it, be able to trade it, obviously. These are the things that are the most important for Neutron token. And I, I know this is recorded to base and I'll, I'm going to go through a little bit of the story of how we saw this go wrong, right? So we worked for this chain, uh, an L2 on top of near called Aurora. and. And I'm a little bit nervous talking about this because we were there and, and we had big, big hopes for, for Aurora. And what ended up happening was at, when they launched their token, it launched at like 30 cents, right? Similar, similar to where Neutron is. And what they did was they applied all of the utility to the token in a span of about six to eight weeks, right? So they, they were on like eight different DEXs. They were in like four different lending protocols. They, they basically were incentivizing everything about it. The, the token price ended up pumping from $0.30 cents to $30. And after a four or five month run, that, that token price dropped to about, uh, right now it's like at $0.05, cents, right? So, which kind of crushed the whole entire ecosystem because this token was embedded throughout all of the DeFi dApps that, that we brought over. We brought over like 40 dApps for them. And so you had this like craze run up where everybody was like super excited and amazed. And it's because they didn't really strategize on how to add utility um, you know one dap at a time and they put all of the utility on within like six to eight weeks so that that pressure just kind of like is you know kind of gets into a little bit of the osmosis stuff when when neutron's thinking about every new pool to add or every new dap to put on you have to staccato it you can't just put all of the utility all at once because what's going to happen is this insane amount of apy apr and buy buy pressure and the price will pump and effectively it won't be able to be sustained unless there's an underlying utility for for the neutron token that kind of drives the entire ecosystem so what we what we've seen to, to recommend this is when you start adding utility to a token you effectively want to do it a like a dex at a time a pool at a time and every week every two weeks add something new versus trying to pile eight things on at, at the same time and so when you think about token optionality and you think about token utility for Neutron, what ends up happening at the end of the day is that money and, and, and the tokens and the swapping flows to the, to the token or the dollar with fiat with most utility. And so if you look at competition and, you, and, I, and I saw you know, Dow Dow's coming over from, from Juno, it's like you have to understand fundamentally the competition of the amount of dApps that are available in each one of these market caps. We put, a, put some, something up into the nest up top uh, about token optionality, and there's a picture there. If you look at the market cap versus uh, ETH, BNB, Matic, and Arbitrum, you can see that it maps out that the number of dApps is correlated to the valuation of the market cap. So the amount of dApps matter. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, have you got any, uh, any, any comments on that, Spade? I'll be there, yeah. I mean, I, I guess the question that everybody has on the tip of the, their, their tongue right now is like, yes, but how does that add value to Adam? Right, so that goes back to fees, right? The fees generated from the dApps need to, to power the fees that that flow back to to Adam, like 
at the end of the day, it's fees. People want to stake and earn fees. People want to lend and earn fees. So you have to generate all, all of those things that we kind of listed in terms of KPIs. Users, trading volume, transaction transactions on the chain, and fundamentally generate fees. Yeah, makes sense. Um, now, I think one, one of the things that would be super useful is to dive um, in, I, I guess, like the, the two topics that I'd like to dive into um, next are kind of like, um, one, your approach to um, running a grants program, right? How do you make decisions? How do you intend to um, report on the funds deployed? How do you, you know, how is the uh, business model basically, because you guys also need to, to be paid, right? And a big part of the proposal is um, how, how, how you achieve that um, by running that grant program. Um, so could you run us through uh, that part, please? Yeah, Brian, we have two model. Go ahead. I was going to say, I wanted to, I can touch on the inbound outbound stuff if you wanted to go through reporting and, and the, uh, the models and all that good stuff. Yeah, let's, yeah, I think I'll go over the, the, uh, the question and the reporting uh, on our models. We, we basically have two models and then you go over inbound and outbound and, and that'll be good. Um, we have two models. We have basically a commission-based model and an affiliate model where what we've figured out is our, when it's around 10 to 20%, even, even when we run a full entire grants program, um, it's generally works in between the range of 10 to 20% of grants deployed. Uh, is what we ask as and earn as as a commission for that, and then run fully running the grants program. We do a retainer basis plus a bonus and commission based upon pay, KPIs that we hit. Um, so we I, I don't want to release other KPIs and commissions that we had in the past, but it generally turns out to about ten percent uh, of grants deployed on on top of uh, a retainer. So retainer running the full grants program. Uh, access to all the different projects on Alpha Growth. We're about to we're about to approach two thousand projects on Alpha Growth, looking for a grant. I think it's like nineteen hundred and eighty. Uh, we listed in in our forum post the top fifteen we're most excited about, and kind of like their stories around each of them and how we got to them. And I mean, we were all over the place, right? We we're at events, we're doing paid marketing, we're partnering with hackathons not just within the Cosmos ecosystem. I think like some of the differentiation that we provide is that we're working with like a lot of chains outside of the Cosmos ecosystem. And we get a lot of more views on exactly the deal flow that's coming through. And because we're working with a bunch of chains and we see more deal flow, just because a project isn't right for, you know, let's say Kava, it might be better for Neutron, right? Or if, uh, you know, a, a project isn't right for like Aurora and Nier, it might be better for Neutron, right? So there's, we're getting a lot of deal flow and we're just trying to make sure that the right best deals are possible that match the chain to the project and, and what exactly that they want. Um, you know, we have a, a Estonian organization so, so we can handle token. Um, and basically that's how we run our business. We, we either run a full grants program, we create the content, we do the marketing for it, and we, and we do all of the inbound and outbound services to drive the deal flow and drive the narratives, or we have an affiliate-based, commission-based model in which you, we give a shopping list or we'll just pitch projects on a bi-weekly, monthly basis, depending upon the cadence. And if it converts, we get paid for our services. Would, would you say that uh, dApps and the teams behind, are, behind them are commodities? 
That's a great question. I think that some of the things that are derivative are commodities, right? So if it's another copy pasta of a V2 DEX, um, concentrated liquidity is becoming commoditized at this point. Even perps are becoming commoditized at this point. A lot of the different dApps are copy pasta, yes. And it and some of that is okay, but because you do need a large a, a large number of things to do in, in a liquidity base layer of like pools and and things get caught up in like the PNL of these different pools and these different dApps and and you know people want to play games. But as kind of we said before, the things that really move the needle are are champion dApps and blue chip projects. Right. And so um how do you like given this sort of like partial at least commoditization of of of, of applications or at least in your view um how do you then leverage a network of of teams and applications that are familiar and built upon a specific stack and then bring them to another ecosystem people people outside of cosmos understand that that cosmos and the Cosmos attack and the Cosmos SDK is powerful. Um, most people are afraid of Rust, right? But once once they get going, and there's not as many Rust engineers, right? So that is a problem. And generally, it does cost uh, three, maybe even five times more to, to build a, a, a DAP within the Cosmos, Cosmosm ecosystem than, you know, Solidity. It's just because the amount of developers that are available, that's a, that's a big ecosystem problem that, is a little bit outside the scope of our challenge um, uh, that we're proposing here, but it is a long-term issue for the ecosystem. You have to get more Cosmosm developers. You have to get more Rust developers. Um, and then the cost of the of, of the forking and the cost of the migration from, like, let's say, Solidity to, to, to Rust will, will be less. There are service providers, right, that will do that. And there are contractors that we know that have helped with all over the Cosmos ecosystem that can help bring these um, dApps over. But in in reality, the, the commoditization of these dApps, it, it's open source code. It's actually a really weird problem that we've got into with a whole bunch of ecosystems um, that, that, that they come to us and say, hey, we have a dApp, it's running, it's making a couple grand a month. Will you run it for us? And they're like, like you want us to do all the marketing, all the biz dev for like a couple grand of revenue a month? Like, no, you need, there's the, the commoditization of dApps is so weird that there's literally protocols out there and like ghost protocols without anybody running the ship now. And, and ecosystems are like, we need product managers and we need marketers to come and run this. This is not the issue on, on the Cosmosm side uh, yet, but um, I'm sure there is uh, a bunch of protocols that are kind of running on Juno that uh, don't get any love or attention anymore either. Um, so, yeah, that's a great would question. You, I, not, would you agree with the fact that, um, with the statement that, like, due to sort of like the learning curve of Rust, it's usually more likely that teams that do end up building in, in Rust and Cosmosm are intrinsically motivated by either the fact that they're already part of the ecosystem and want to build there anyway, or the fact that they're looking to do something that they can only do here. I, I think it's both, right, for now. But there is a number, right? So there are dApps that are looking to expand and and change their stack and, and move their token. And there's plenty of uh, you know, IBC and bridging ways to bridge token now to to kind of like consolidate that. But if, I mean, from a, the 
it is a technical challenge. Like I'm not going to like BS on this. Getting people to build on Cosmosm is going to be tough, right? But there is a number and, and there are teams that are looking for, there's a way that we can angle the narrative and sell this and sell Neutron as a place to build to these teams based upon the, the technology being next to a, a large capital supply of Atom, being, being big fish in a small pond right now, like matters. And, and if you look at like the evolution of Arbitrum, like before GMX created all of that liquidity, like Arbitrum, Arbitrum was like super sleepy. And as soon as GMX was making real yield and had like 400 million in TVL, like everybody's like, oh, we got to go build on GMX now. I mean, Arbitrum, we got to go build on Arbitrum now. And, and the whole slew of app developers came and started building on Arbitrum because of, of the, the capital that was made from GMX. Neutron needs that DAP, right? They need that champion DAP to come in be the tip of the spear and like, you know, show the light to other developers on how they can build and make money within uh, Cosmosm and the Cosmos ecosystem and, and specifically on Neutron, right? But it is going to cost. It's going to cost money and it's going to cost time. And that's that's what's needed, I believe. All right. But so I, I guess... Um, I think the, these few remarks basically bring us to what I think is like really the heart of the conversation that that I'd like to have about uh, you guys' proposal. Because um, I, I don't doubt your competency, but I do think that there is one thing that I'm not super comfortable with um, in the way that the, the proposal is structured, which is that, you know, on the one hand, you have um, degree of commoditization, commoditization of protocols and a steep onboarding curve, which means that um, you know, unless there is um, sort of like um, a, a very strong vision that can only be realized in, in Cosmos, people are unlikely to come into, to you know, like just migrate over to Cosmos and just say like, oh, actually, yes, we had this great idea, but you know what, we'll just build it in Cosmos instead. Um, and combined with this tendency of um, commoditized dApps and teams to follow the money, um, and the fact that the uh, proposal for the grants program is structured around um, basically a carry over on the grants, meaning that you have an intrinsic incentive to deploy as much money as possible, because that is how you guys will, you know, will fund yourselves and make money, right? Which, which is fine, but still the incentive is here. The proposal is structured around, we keep, we get to keep a part of the money that we deploy, basically. Um, my concern is that this structure basically creates an incentives alignment that will lead to uh, a lot of capital deployment to applications that are not champion dApps, but are basically trying to follow the money um, and do not have like this, that strong vision that would actually make them um, champion dApps because those are the incentives, um, like the economic incentives that are, that are deployed. And as you guys said, and I completely agree with you, and I, I think that that's the right thing, what actually moves the needle for an ecosystem is these champions dApps, right? Champion dApps, right? That actually you know, move the needle to such an extent that they create the um, the the economic opportunities and incentives for the next waves to basically join without you know without funds being deployed like grants being deployed because just like that's where things is ha things are happening right so they just follow anyway and then they leave because they're you know they're more following opportunity than than just uh you know being committed to the ecosystem as a whole so um I I'd love to have your thoughts on why um you know the proposal is structured like this and why I, I assume you don't think that this would lead to a system of incentives that would incentivize um, kind of like reckless spending of, of, of grant money um, with overall, you know, low um, retention of and, and low championships like rate 
I, I, I would say. Hey, Spade, thank you. Yeah, that's, that is a very, very good point. And that's, that's why we're here right now, right? That's why we want to, we want to talk through this. And this is a very novel concept, right? Doing business from DAO to DAO or, you know, a third party team that, that wants to come in and help a DAO. This is all new stuff, right? So we want to try and figure out how can we all align incentives to where at the end of the day, when we hit a KPI, everybody's so happy that no one even cares how much is, you know, how much money's moving around. So that being said, we're curious how you've maybe seen this in the past work well, what kind of structure you've seen, and maybe what kind of structure you'd like to see. Because we're, you know, we're, we're happy. We know what kind of engagements we've seen in the past that, you know, that have worked for us, like Brian mentioned, the, the retainer, you know, plus certain bonus. But in my eyes, I think, you know, putting, pointing out a KPI, such as if you guys want to incentivize TVL, then we incentivize TVL, right? We, we um, you know, whatever, whatever threshold we hit, then of course, everybody's happy. But we're super open to feedback. We're open to suggestions. This is an iterative process. And, and that's why we're here today is to really get a feel for what would make you guys the most comfortable in order to, to synergize moving forward. So just to clarify, you're basically asking um, what, what we would like to see from you in addition to the proposal. Uh, Spade, do you have any comment on that? No, I mean, like, uh, you know, that, I think that's the right approach in general, right? You make a proposal to the DAO, then you get feedback, and then you potentially amend it. And at the end of the day, the DAO decides. Um, so, I mean, I, I think the spirit is right here. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the other thing that sort of like that, that brings to mind is, is kind of like one of the differences that I think is interesting. Um, I have my view on it, but it doesn't mean that, you know, I'm right or wrong. Um, is that you guys not only do grants, but because you have, I, I, I would I would assume, like a more established or like team and and such, you also um, you also propose to run incentives programs and and such. And once again, there's the same um, sort of like structure whereby you get a cut of the incentives that are being spent. Right? How do you think about basically, you know, given these incentives, how do you think about um, ensuring that not only you know incentives are are spent and you know obviously that produces results because free money is a pretty good incentive, but how do you ensure that these spends are um, you know, checked for quality, basically, e.g., you know, for each dollar that we spend, we have an, you know, ideally a lot more than one dollar of um, of outcome of benefits, but also um, that that this is a trend that gets better over time rather than the contrary. I, I love this question. Thank you. Um, so what we learned in the first kind of slew of, of grants programs, and we were a, a lot of the times we didn't get to align and address the exact strategy we were just given a mission and said hey go go get these types of dApps go look at those types of dApps what we've seen work in in you know phantom and then kava copied phantom was grants based upon incentive alignment and, and so when i say in, in incentive alignment right when we go back to the the drawing board it's like which kpi that you want to move is it users is it trading volume is it transactions is it tvl is it number of dApps right so each one of these KPIs that we set out there, we there is a little bit of a discovery period on how to identify how much it's going to take to acquire a project, right? So that's kind of like an acquisition cost. If you think about a funnel, you have acquisition, uh, retention, onboarding, uh, acquisition, activation, retention, onboarding, uh, revenue, right? And fees at the bottom of that funnel are revenue. 
a grant, an upfront grant is nothing but an acquisition process, pro, uh, price to get a project into the process, right? But then they need an onboarding incentivization and then they need a retention incentivization, right? So what you, when you model out what you want, you, you start with the KPI in mind and that's what you incentivize. When said project meets said KPI, grant is deployed. When we've picked a project that meets that KPI and they hit that KPI and they get that milestone grant, awesome. We should win too because we picked well. So you want to minimize the acquisition cost as much as possible. But you know some of these other chains and newer chains are also competing and, and putting upfront grants. And a lot of grants programs have made this mistake of putting like these upfront grants. So I would, I would basically say the question back to the community is what's the KPI? You know, we know that fees at the end of the day are the most important thing. What's the next closest KPI? If you're, if you're a DeFi chain, then it's number of DeFi dApps and TVL current. I understand that more capital efficient models are coming that require less TVL, but TVL moves the needle for all of the data aggregators. So you kind of have to feed the beast of number of dApps, TVL, get that into the data aggregators, and then you get awareness, right? And so start with the KPI in mind, incentivize for that KPI, try to give us a little acquisition grant as possible, and then help these projects through that funnel so that they can be successful reaching the KPI that you want. I don't want to seem like I have a you know, a redundant point here, but it, it seems once again, like on the KPI points, there there seems to be something that I would consider potentially problematic on the incentives alignment, whereby, um, you know, you, you said if the project um, mat, like meets the KPI, um, they, you know, they get their incentive, right? Because th th that was the point. We wanted them to reach that point. We told them that we would pay them. If they do, they do, they get money. That's good. Um, now you also get money and you said that's because you picked the right protocol, right? And I'm, I'm sure there's a part of that, but isn't there also here an incentive to basically set the KPIs too low so that, you know, you have better chances of basically earning the, um, the, the, the reward basically, right? Because here you're basically um, getting paid via a mechanism that you essentially control. Okay. So fundamentally this question has embedded in it a trust problem right if we sit down and set the kpis together and we may have to come back and readjust them and that's part of the conversation and that's part of like what we do in public i'm totally cool with doing that um as long as that we can say hey this is kpi is you know we have to readjust every once in a while um at, because it was wrong we don't know what the exact kpi is that that's going to move the needle. For example, the the Kava Rise program, um, uh, Kava was giving one million Kava a month, and it was weighted by TVL. So if you had one percent of the uh, TVL listed, uh, you would get ten thousand Kava every month, right? If you had ten percent of the TVL, you get a hundred thousand Kava. Then and so TVL was their golden metric, and we saw that and like projects would come in asking for. $50,000 to, to go multi-chain, $100,000 to go multi-chain. I was like, hey guys, we can't do that. Like we have this TVL like metric here. We can give you a $15,000 grant to go multi-chain. And then as your TVL rises, you're going to win along with Kava, right? And so that was a conversation where we sat down and we, we figured out what it was. 
And, and I think that's kind of what we would need to do here, which is figure out what's the KPI that's going to move the needle, make some guesses, have a time frame for running that program, right? And then making sure that all of our incentives are aligned. It's, it's really that simple. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think another part, um, you know, you, you point this, like you frame this as a problem of trust. I think that that's kind of like a general theme in, in this industry. That's kind of the point, right? Uh, I think another part of, of this conversation is like, you know, reporting and accountability mechanisms. So we've talked a lot and, you know, I apologize for pressing on this, but we've talked a lot about like incentives and, and sort of like reward functions. Um, I, th I think another one that's interesting to consider is like, how do you guys propose to report to the DAO on, you know, not only the success and, and activities um, that, that you've conducted um, and also what kind of accountability mechanisms, um, rewards and punish punishments are in the hands of the DAO in, in order to ensure, you know, that it has, that it feels comfortable with the degree of, um, of sort of like control and or protection that it gets from the, from the program if it was to choose it as the, uh, the, the, the grants program. Hey, I'm, I, I watched your video on your on your gov governance model. It, it was rad. And um, why don't we use something like that, where there's a, a secondary review committee that can cancel the program at any given time? If that DAO tooling is set up, like it's that's what we can do on that. In terms of reporting, uh, with uh, when we're running a full program, we meet twice a month with uh, an oversight committee uh, at Kava and another team. I'm not supposed to reveal. Um, and we basically meet them twice a week. We go over all the projects in our pipeline. We go over what we think about it. The oversight committee basically comes back and says, yeah, this is cool. We like that. We don't like that. Uh, and we make sure that we're all on the same page um, and, you know, doing things above board. And, you know, sometimes we have debates and, and, and you know, during that call, if it's something that you guys want to do in public, I have no problem doing that. Um, and and you know kind of talking through these different projects that are available right or if you want to you know have a third party kind of uh oversight totally cool with that um so generally twice a week and then we put together a monthly report the monthly report goes over a pipeline we we now have a, a crm with tooling and reports uh we put together these reports for kava we met with like 200 2700 different projects um about three, four hundred were not a fit. There was another that we had into like serious conversations and negotiations. There was about six or seven hundred that, and so we have a pipeline report. We have statuses. We have notes. If um, you know part of the core team or the oversight committee wants to come in and see the progress on a daily basis, they can log in and see exactly where we're at. All the notes, the contact information with every single project in the pipeline. Um, I, I built this same exact system before at an investment bank. Um, and it's a light CRM that's specifically around crypto and crypto data. Uh, a little bit of understanding who the founders are and where they came from as well. Uh, but mostly on-chain and off-chain data is like, okay, are these guys real? Do they have Twitter following? Do they have Discord? Um, you know, do they have other on-chain examples of stuff that they did in the past? And we have a whole submission platform. So reporting and, uh, and transparency is easy. And if, if there's a, some sort of oversight committee, like I'm doxxed, our team is doxxed. I've been here in the, the, the industry for years. You can you know go ask about me. We plan on staying here for years and years. And um, you know, reputation matters, right? So if I didn't think that we could do this job, we wouldn't, we wouldn't take this on. Okay, I think that's um, like a, probably a nice little point to, uh, 
to just sort of segue into another thing that you wanted to bring up. Now, you wanted to get into some specifics, right, about potentially, maybe without naming names, some specific dApps that you think could could bring value to Neutron? Yeah, 100%. I think there's one other differentiation between our proposal and other way that other grants programs have ran in the past and uh, about inbound versus outbound. It's it's definitely a different approach. So, hey, Joe, if you want to talk about inbound versus outbound, and then we'll move, move into champion dApps. Yeah, happy to. Thank you, Brian. And yeah, again, guys, like they, we really appreciate just the opportunity to be able to talk about this. This is truly the future of government and governance and decision making. And it's it's really, really exciting to be a part of this process. And, you know, working with DAOs is is a new thing. So it's it's fun and it's it's really exciting to to get to do this. But back to the back to the nuts and bolts. Yeah, I, I mean, fundamentally. There's you know, there's the concept of of hunting and fishing, right? And and another way to look at it is inbound grants. And we can say this from experience, having you know been on both sides of a couple different grants programs. If you just look at inbound applications, there's this concept of proximity bias where only the developers that know about your blockchain are ever, of course, going to apply to your grants program. And Unless you are base chain or Arbitrum or hot, 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 right? You're probably not going to get that good of quality. So this concept of going through inbound applications is kind of like panning for gold. And it's going to take a ton of time and you're probably not going to find anything of value. But if you have budget and you have a vision, you don't pan for gold. You actually go out and you go to the jewelry store and they curate exactly what you want. And, and that's kind of what we've, that's the conclusion that we've come to. And it really works and it's effective. And if you really want to find these blue chip teams that can actually move the needle, you got to go out and get them and make them, in this case, neutron aware. Brian, if uh, I'm happy to dive into some of the blue chip projects, totally. unless you were hoping to. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, I, I want to, before you're doing that, yes, do that. But most projects are not neutron aware. Uh, very few of them are cosmosm aware. And just understanding the differentiation, like one of the values of going outbound, and, and I can tell you specifically from the Aurora experience, is where we, our contract was six months. We delivered 40 projects. Aurora price went down. We got our contract canceled. It's fine. Within that Next six months from when we were there, there was another 10 to 15 projects that went and launched on Aurora without us. And then there was like, hey, we're, we're going to go launch on Aurora now. So just in the fact by hiring an outbound team, you're educating developers, you're educating a wider audience, you're educating projects about Cosmosm, about Neutron. Hey, there are smart pro uh, contracts within the Cosmos ecosystem. So I want to kind of put that point out there as well. Yeah, that's, I think that's fair enough. Um... Okay, so maybe you wanna you wanna jump into some uh, some specific examples of, of what you think might add value. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, out of the uh, roughly two thousand projects that have uh, you know the the panning the two thousand different um, river rivers that we've panned for gold through, we found you know a, a pretty solid handful that are very very exciting. I'm not going to overwhelm everybody with them, but I've uh, I picked three that are you know kind of different categories that are that are pretty exciting. And obviously it's, it's going to be up to the community. It's going to be up to everybody to see, you know, what, it, what kind of narratives we are excited about and which ones we can capitalize on. But just a few examples here, 
the uh, the team that built Fruit Ninja, I'm sure most people remember that fun little mobile game. Uh, the, the team's backed by Pantera, and they've got a Web3 AAA studio, and they're they're looking for the next chain to launch a title on. They've got a bunch of really cool stuff in the pipeline, but you know they're they're super open. They're not they're not married to one chain or another. They they want to find the best opportunity and and you know definitely think that the fertile soil of of Neutron could be a good play there. Another one is the, uh, we're calling it the intersection of DeFi and DeSci. The team is basically tokenizing baskets of molecules that are being used to, they're, they're being synthesized and tested to treat and cure different types of cancers. So essentially they run simulations on these molecules and the ones that have promise, they basically tokenize the intellectual property of those molecules and the TGE will pay for the synthesis and the trial of these specific molecules. And then Big Pharma will come in and purchase the ones that are successful at trial. That one, of course, is you know, not only just a really exciting narrative, but it's also a really powerful narrative because of you know, everybody's got someone in their life that's probably been affected by cancer, which is you know, to be able to say that you got to invest in something that helps save a life is, is a pretty cool concept. Um, you know, it's a little further than just the NFT Ponzi's that that we all know and love. You know, um, and then the uh, the third one that that I'm personally very excited about is is the uh, Grammy Award winning producer of Beyonce and Drake is uh, he's leveraging his distribution channels to build a DeFi creator economy, and he's already partnered with Warner and Sony Music, and he hasn't picked a chain yet. And so he's come to us and said, help me find, you know, help me find the right chain to build on. And this is just another example of, you know, why you've got to be out there hunting, right? Or at least uh, one, of, one of the favorite quotes I've, I've heard, and obviously this goes against the analogy, but every once in a while, a fish will jump in your boat, but you've still got to be out at sea fishing, right? You can't just sit back and wait and hope that these champion teams will find your grants program on your website and apply to it. You've got to get out there. And go find them. So I will. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I certainly wasn't expecting, expecting that range of daps. Um, so um, diverse would would be would be uh, my sort of comment on on those. What do you what do you think of those, Spade? I think one of uh, one of the things that that I'd love to discuss here is kind of like what is your understanding of um, neutron sort of like vision and position place in the industry essentially what do you think is um you know is there something unique about neutron in in your eyes and in which in in that case how how do you approach nurturing that specific part of neutron yeah i think you know we we talked months ago i think like three or four months ago we spoke and and from my understanding it was through the power of IBC and, and, and being an ICS chain, um, there's two kind of plays that, that make a ton of sense here. It's like being, being able to build workflows uh, within IBC and, and things that go cross-chain uh, to add more utility, such as, such as vaults, uh, you know, a lot of the, on top of liquid staking options. There's a you know, bunch of perps that are launching. And really very like DeFi centric was, was the feeling that I got and the vision that I got for Neutron, right? So DeFi centric, cool. 
but you know kind of to your point earlier if you just go with um you know 30 different copy pastas without a new narrative without some major distribution or brands associated with it i i think that you know my take is and what i've seen is that you know, if there's a ton of uh there's three things that i think that win number one they have an amazing amount of distribution right in terms of like they've, they've done it before they have a huge following they have a huge amount of vc funding backed by a project and then the third thing would be they have a you know a fortune 500 brand associated with it so those are the one things that win now the inner workings of creating more capital efficient workflows over IBC throughout the Cosmos ecosystem. Like, yes, I get that. That's cool. That's a cool vision. However, like there's this narrative going around, around going the pie and, and the things that grow the pie are, are, are big brand names, people with big distribution and games that people want to play. So you need a little bit of both, right? You need, the neat DeFi utility, a large enough liquidity base layer to have the transactions, but you need the the shiny new object that brings in new users. And so there's a lot of copy pasta stuff that we can do, commodity DeFi dApps that we can bring to the table. But what we're talking about here today and why we're talking about it here today is there's very exclusive things that we think will really move the needle and then they'll stay for the for the DeFi, right? So you go to Disney World in Orlando, Florida, you go because of Star Wars land or Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever, but then they have a hotel, they have a golf course, they have really good restaurants, right? So the way that I see it is you have the champion dap, that's why the reason why people will come, but then they'll maybe they'll earn some token, maybe they'll play a game, maybe they'll, you know, invest in some molecules, but they'll need a place to lend it. They'll maybe they can figure out how to bring it over to, to an NFT platform or stargaze and, and mint an NFT because, you know, or whatever, and then bring that NFT back and maybe you can stake that NFT and there's all these other like embedded DeFi workflows. I, I don't know what the future is, but having that IBC connectivity is is very powerful to create more capital efficiency. But right now it feels that it's all insulated from new users and and, and new new narratives, right? So I think some of the stuff that we're proposing would bring those new users and make them neutron aware. And then the, the, the network effects of IBC and neutron could start to take place on these, on these uh, new DeFi primitives. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair, that's a fair idea. Um, I'm not super convinced that these synergize particularly well with like the core, well, at least my understanding of what, um, you know, neutron attempts to do. Um, but, but you know, it's like the network is not mine. So um, you know, I'm very comfortable with the idea that like perhaps I'm wrong in this regard, and people prefer like that that vision of it. Um, in any case, like while well, talking about people, I guess uh, I see that we have about ten minutes left in this uh, in this space. So what I think would be great is um, if anyone in the space wants to um, hop on and ask questions um, that you know topics that we may not have covered yet about the proposed. Uh, alpha grants alpha growth uh, grants proposal then I, I think that would be very very welcome in the meantime uh brian if you want to add a few um a few words about like you know anything that you think um we should touch upon before uh, before we uh, before we say bye here absolutely i i have a question for you spade out of everything that we presented today or talked through what is it that you liked out of what we presented 
And also, what is it that you haven't liked? I mean, just just we'll give uh, Spade a few minutes to think about that. I mean, I, I think in, in in certain areas, you 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 know, you talk a lot of sense. I I definitely subscribe to this whole hunter uh, methodology of of going out and finding daps. Um, uh, personally, I'm kind of like less less convinced about some of the the champion daps that you've mentioned, but they're obviously like a little bit of a quantum leap to sort of get our get our heads around. Um, I think one other thing that you wanted to cover was was like specifically why why neutron why why is it that you guys want to come and you know help out neutron as opposed to other things? And we know we can do a really good job, and this is a very public public uh, engagement. And for years we've been behind the scenes helping other protocols, and it's time for us to you know, move forward. And fundamentally, you guys have no bad habits. There's fertile soil, there, there's a fresh take, and there's fresh ways to do things that, you know, a lot of times we go into ecosystems that have been around two, three years, and there's tons of bad habits, there's tons of cleanup that needs to be done. You guys have, you have all of the ingredients to make a really good recipe and and bring a lot of attention and a lot of organization and a lot of celebration within within a larger ecosystem and you haven't made you haven't made any mistakes yet the lge was rad uh well done on that whoever came up with that did a really good job that was super smooth um and there's a lot of potential here and and some of the some of it is is hubris on my part Right of trying to go after this in, in a very public way and, and, and understanding the mistakes that other grants programs have made uh, kind of, you know, like agitates me and frustrates me. It's like, uh, and, you know, in, in developers, like if somebody's making buggy code and it's not clean code, you're going to be like, WTF, like, how does this person even have a job? So we've seen a lot of different grants programs run. We've seen them run ineffectively. We've seen them fund their friends. We've seen them basically take uh, large buckets of, of funding and just say, okay, cool. We're going to, you know, be very, very derivative and make bets on obvious things that people have been talking about for a while. What we're bringing to the table is something fresh, something that we've seen that works and you guys haven't made any mistakes yet. So um, we know we can help. I um, mean, small, small clarification there. We, we've, we've definitely made mistakes. Um, but I, I think the best thing about us so far is, is that we've owned those mistakes. Um, but, you know, there's, <laughs> I think that's what you have to do in those sort of circumstances. Um, there's not really any questions coming up from the floor at the moment. Um, so I think it's probably looking at, at getting close towards finishing time. Is there anything you guys want to mention before, before we do finish? We're open to I suggestions. Do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. To Brian's point, I mean, I, this is, you know, this isn't a sales call. This is this is a collaborative effort to see how we can move Neutron forward. But I, I would still really love to hear from everybody that, that has an opinion on this. You know, what is the KPI that we should incentivize or multiple, right? So that we can kind of put our heads together and say, this is obviously the most important KPI you know, let's see how we can incentivize this and move forward with something that everybody would be comfortable with. And there's, there's really no downside. And, and that's kind of where I would, I would love to have something actionable in that regard to where, you know, we come out of this with, with something that we can really grip and, and, uh, and augment this, this proposal with. Okay. I think that's fair, that's fair comment. Um, as, as I said, there doesn't seem to be any questions here. So, uh, 
if people do want to comment on what those KPIs they want to see uh, would be, then uh, by all means, check out the Alpha Growth proposal on the forum. It's the second post in the nest at the top. Um, just before we go, uh, I want to remind everyone that we do have uh, two announcements today. One of them is uh, a general governance update. Uh, and it'd be really good if people can uh, can go and vote on the on the latest proposal. Uh, and we also had some uh, some nice news today about Warp. Uh, Warp Protocol is launching on Neutron, and we'll be hosting them for a space on Friday as well. Um, so, uh, so yeah, thanks a lot for joining us today, guys. Um, sorry it took so long to, to get to speak to you. Cheers as always, Spade. And um, thank you, everyone, for joining. We'll see you on Friday with Warp Protocol. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt We rape them under the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and plate Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless Trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets Dead ants dragging out the max amount of payments Red down days Got them acting all bankless Yo fam, what? Check these tokenomics They probing this bear Flexing broken honest I had to lay my soul down I'm just roasting honest And then to end a long day Eleven bowls of chronic Never known the politic I was born to frolic It's been my policy To pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists Jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity Before they hit rock bottom Over impossible loss It's all moss And I'm liking the odds Bond doing the morning Forming mycological bonds Flick the cap, yo the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures Under the dirt We rape them under the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked and non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the high Stage. Like this shit is play for keeps clowns, white knight, and all these Maybellines. They call it implausible when model after model keeps on ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats. Tearing apart your community, all these low hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity. Got a planet in reach, coming standard to each. I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege. Commanding all the management to grab a few seats, and then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east. Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats. Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the street. Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers, fuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape them under the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served